Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. Right driving. Floater. No good. Giannis has the triple-double. There it is. The 20th of his career. Into the front court. George on the right wing. Step back. Right wing three at the horn. Oh, he got it. Paul George is an assassin from deep. How do you sum up this team performance with all of the drama and chaos surrounding this team? I don't think there's any drama or chaos. I think the game is, uh, you know, just the game simply is enough for us. And guys is coming out there enjoying playing every day, no matter what the circumstance is. And there's a lot going on throughout the season, throughout the in this world right now. But, you know, this basketball is one thing that everybody in this locker room enjoys to do. Me personally, I don't feel betrayed at all. Um, my interest in playing with John Wall, to be brutally honest, the disrespect started way before, you know, any interview. Just the approach to the training camp, showing up the way he did, the, uh, the antics out the court. I mean, the disrespect started way before. This is the nasty part of the business. So um, it is what it is. There's reaction to the Nets. Hopping into that four-team deal and getting James Harden from the Rockets. Pacers and Cavs also involved. <laughs> Kevin Durant, and there's no distractions. I'm the only guy on the team who didn't get traded, basically. Not true, obviously, but you get the idea. They unloaded a big part of their club. But it had to happen, PK. James Harden, as uh, Cousins said, had made it really clear over a long period of time he didn't want to be there. He was going to keep making it clear, and his trade value was only going to fall. So Houston... Made the best deal they could and ended up with a lot of draft picks. And Dante Exum. <laughs> I thought it was a decent, and, and Victor Oladipo, because yep. they traded, they flipped him with the Levert thing. So Wall and Oladipo, you know, that's not a bad backcourt. I, I thought that they got uh, some opportunity to get better anyway. Just because you get draft picks doesn't mean that you're actually going to get better. Obviously, you have to cash them in. But it was clear, I said yesterday, that if I'm Houston, I tell... Harden don't ever show up again and they had already they said that to him and then they go ahead and make that trade Uh, Durant uh, you know I get it you're trying to downplay it if this isn't drama and soap opera-ish I hate to see what is especially with Kyrie Irving over here when's he going to be back with the team at this point who really cares (laughs) I'm serious if I'm if I'm the Nets win with Durant and Harden yeah, I mean, I assume now Harden is going to do what he does and what he has done and go back to being a ball player and not being caught up. You got your wish, right? And this is really the first time in his uh, NBA career that he's done this. Well, I'll allow it to a degree once because it already happened, but now you can't go in and be a diva again because then you're a diva. It's not the situation. It's you. So Harden, I think, is going to come in ready to play ball. He's got to get in better shape and all that stuff. Uh, but Irving, you know, he has a long-standing history of drama. So do I really need him? If I'm the Nets, you know, how many guys of that caliber do, can you get and have them still be at that caliber? You know, the big thing yesterday I saw out there was who's going to be the Chris Bosh, yep. you know, because we yep. know that that's what Miami did. Well, I can get a Chris Bosh. So if it's Irving... Different player, different position, but the same type of uh, idea. 
it's easier to get a third fiddle than it is to get a first or a second. And, you know, maybe they already have that. So do they really want him back? Which would be interesting because he's used to being wanted. And we'll see what his tune is all of a sudden if he's not wanted. Like, stay away. Fine. Who cares? Can they find a taker? Because they're getting hit with the luxury tax here. How are they going to add a third guy? Well, the best way to add a third guy would be to move Kyrie Irving. But can they find a taker? Because he's got a long history and drama. And who in the league is going to want to take a chance with that? I don't know. That will be the next chapter. And then the other teams, uh, Cleveland gets Jared Allen. He's 22 years old. See how good he is. And you got a young core maybe like the guards and they're young too and Karis LeVert goes to Indiana and he's under contract so Oladipo was coming up on free agency LeVert signed for two more years so they don't have to worry about that so. I actually like that deal for Indiana yeah you're not alone there's a lot of people who do I thought the reaction across the board reading up on that was the, the Pacers uh, Pacers did well for themselves I mean they're already a decent team mm-hmm uh, as far as the scores yesterday, Durant had 26 points as the Nets beat the Knicks, and then you heard that interview there after that 116-109 win. The Lakers win again, 7-0 in road games this year. They beat the Thunder 128-99. If there was ever a year to have your best season ever on the road, you would think this would be it. And they are crushing people. Still only have three losses, first place in the West. I bet you they go 41-0 on the road. Yeah, they're not going to play 41 road games. So yes, you... they are. They're going to redo the schedule in the second half. You don't know that. Okay. Well, they're playing 72 <laughs> games, so I think they're going to get 36 at home and 36 Not the if they request it. That's my point. <laughs> they request it. Please don't make us go home. Clippers won 2, 111-106. Kawhi Leonard had 28 points, 9 assists in the win over the Pelicans. As Clippers... Try to hold on to second in the West. Hold off the the Jazz. Hold off the Suns. A couple other teams right behind him. But. Yeah, I was disappointed about that last night. I wanted to see my man Zion, and then he had to be out for the protocol because I was in the ESPN game. I still watched it, but I wanted to see Zion play, and he wasn't available. Clippers are 8-4. and four. They're a half game up on the Jazz, the Suns, and the Blazers. The Blazers beat the Kings 132-126. Damian Lillard went for 40, and he had 13 assists. So the Blazers, Suns, and Jazz, all 7-4, and four, tied for third in the West. Mavericks beat the Hornets. Luka Doncic missed a triple-double by one assist. I'm going to say that a lot over the course of his career, aren't I? He's just always going to have these kind of numbers. 34 points, 13 rebounds, 9 assists. Nobody's surprised. I think the story there is Porzingis returned. Yep. Get him back, get him up to speed, and then see what Dallas can do. They are 6-4 and four right now, just a half game behind the Jazz Blazers and Suns. So, not a bad start for them. And now if they get Porzingis, can they really turn it on and, and do even better? DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Of course, my guys are fully aware of how physical, uh, how fundamentally sound uh, these St. Mary's teams are. And they'll know more once they've been through it once. But, you know, these games always turn into just a physical slugfest. Like it's, you know, I think St. Mary's is clearly the most physical team in our league, or at least they have been traditionally. And I expect them to be this, this season also. And it just turns into a, like a grinded out game. 
That is Mark Pope talking about St. Mary's. Big night of college basketball. A lot of games on the schedule. BYU and St. Mary's will be the last one. They play at 9 o'clock tonight on ESPN2. Both teams are 9-3 and on the season. Both teams are 0-1 in the West Coast Conference. BYU obviously losing to Gonzaga, so that was pretty predictable. But St. Mary's fell to Santa Clara. Did that uh, raise an eyebrow, PK, when they lost that game, 66-64? I don't know enough about St. Mary's yet. Uh, because it's it, they, they normally don't play a tough non-conference in this year. You know, the non-conference, uh, who knows what games were canceled and had to be put together. I'm not following uh, every single buddy, every team's schedule. So I know they lost a fair amount off of last year's team. Ford was their, was their go-to guy. Hit the big shot to beat BYU. I was down there in Vegas to see that. So I, I haven't been able to gauge St. Mary's just yet to be able to say, oh, well, well man, they're... They really suck. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure is what I'm saying. So we'll know a lot more tonight because BYU should provide them with a very good test. St. Mary's three losses. Uh, they lost the Santa Clara game. They lost to San Diego State, 74-49. And they lost their opener to Memphis, 73-56. So they don't have any hideous-looking losses in there. Uh, but as far as in the juggernauts of Texas Southern and UTEP, yeah, yeah. I mean they they normally play a soft schedule. I mean, and I I don't. You say they don't have any hideous losses. I have no idea. On San, Santa Clara might be a hideous loss. How do you know it isn't? San Diego State uh, got them, and San Jose State they blew out by thirty five. Well, that's basically what Utah State did to them. So whatever you can read into that, uh, you know, San Jose is no good. But a game they play because those schools are only a few miles apart, I guess. Also today. The Utes are taking on Stanford. That is the first game on the schedule. 3 o'clock, ESPN 2. Stanford's 8-3. and three. They're 4-1 and one in the conference. The Utes are 4-5. and five. They're 1-4 in the conference and have lost back-to-back home games and four in a row. So can they snap it this afternoon? Snap that streak. I like the matinees. I know, right? They don't have to worry about can fans make it so they can spread more games out and get them on TV and get every dollar out of ESPN possible and ESPN two gets earlier games. They don't sure, really it's have five o'clock back east. So right. uh, that that's a for me in the winter. Not like I'm coming off eighteen on uh, <laughs> on January fourteenth in in the along the Wasatch Front. So uh, they, I'm looking forward with the Jazz not playing. I'm looking forward to some good college basketball. Utah State with showdown San Diego State. You can tell us about that. Seven o'clock CBS Sports Network. Aggies are 6-0. and uh, San Diego State, this uh, this will be interesting because they have now lost a conference game this year. They yeah. blew a big lead to Colorado State, but they're still, you know, they've been the team. They've been the big dog. They had their best team last year and didn't get to go to the tournament. They would have been a one or two seed. I don't know how, how much they would have been punished for losing to Utah State in the conference tournament. Very little. Yeah, and that's why they might have stayed as a one seed. Yeah. I think they were in line to be the fourth number one. So if one team had passed them, they would have been a two. But the point is, they were really loaded, and I don't think they shoot it as well as they did. Uh, they're still athletic. They still force turnovers. They still rebound like crazy. They're 9-2. and two. And well, it's, it's really conference. not about San Diego State. It's how good is Utah State because you know you've beaten up on cream puffs. Mm-hmm. And so to your advantage and to your credit, you've done that. So that puts you at 6-0. and zero. San Diego State is a tried and true team in this conference. And then you got Boise State, which is like 12-0 and 0, 
uh, what are they? Eight and twelve. 0? Twelve and one overall. Eight and zero. Oh, eight and zero oh in the no, conference. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah they've won and They just straight. destroyed uh, Boise. I was watching some of that game at halftime. They're they had over fifty points and they were up twenty plus. And Wyoming's not bad. Uh, so and we know Boise came down here and jumped out of that big lead against the Cougars and beat them. So the other coach Rose uh, over there, Boise, he may have something going on. So. Got a little development at the top of the Mountain West that I'd like to follow going yeah. forward. The four teams that seem to be separating here in the Mountain West, Boise State's 8-0 and Utah State's 6-0. And then Colorado State's 5-1 and and San Diego State is 3-1. and So see how it shakes out for uh, those four teams and two of the big four playing. And the Mountain West is going home and home. So they'll play tonight at 7 on the CBS Sports Network. And then they'll play Saturday afternoon. They got a matinee there. And that game's on CBS and KUTV too. So for you cord cutters. What time's that? Uh, I'd have to check. Is it 11? Yes. It's an 11 a.m. game. Yeah. 11 a.m. So it's yeah. early. So there you go. There's a, uh, a big day of college basketball. Scott Girard will have the coverage on the radio here. The pregame starts at 6.30 on the zone, and the tip-off is at 7. Is Dickie V calling any of these games? Uh, on CBS, I would think no. But ESPN? Uh, I don't know. You said ESPN too? On I mean, ES- he does the, the, big Utes, lo- or does the uh, West Coast. The Utes and the Cougars are both on ESPN too, so maybe he ends up on one Dickie of Dickie V has a great nickname, Dickie V. And I was thinking about this. You got Dick Vitale, and then you got Dick Van Dyke. Well, Dickie V and Dickie VD, it doesn't go nearly as well. Uh, Southern Utah has a nine-game win streak. The Thunderbirds are 9-1, and one, and they are facing Eastern Washington. They're on the road tonight at 7 o'clock. Dixie State lost to New Mexico. They got the Lobos into St. George. Dixie State had gone two weeks without playing a game. Uh, they lost 72-63. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. It's playoff football. You know, it's only getting tougher from here. And we, we've got a great opponent coming into Buffalo. Chance to again play in front of our fans. First goal is to win this one. And if we don't, we're going home. And, you know, I think everybody in this locker room is completely focused on the task at hand right now. Josh Allen. Quarterback Buffalo Bills talking about the big playoff game this weekend. Divisional playoffs. We're not going to get our triple header, PK. That was kind of fun. It was kind of college-ish to have that many games all day long. I'm not used to it, but it was fun. But now, now you got to focus. The Ravens and Bills are the Saturday night game on NBC. And the other AFC game, Browns and Chiefs, Sunday afternoon on CBS. We will talk NFL playoffs with Jerry Brewer, Washington Post sports columnist, covers the NBA and the NFL, and he will join us coming up at 9 o'clock. We'll get more on those games. And then uh, ESPN reporting uh, yes. Urban Myers in advance talks with the Jaguars, which I think will have an effect on the Utes. You think there's a pretty good chance that he'll uh, come in and swipe somebody? Morgan Scally being the first name out there? I think the only name, but yeah. Unless Kyle wants to go be his D coordinator. <laughs> Uh, Denver Broncos have hired longtime Vikings front office executive George Payton as their new GM. He has a six-year contract working football ops. Uh, He'll work with football ops president John Elway, but Elway indicating he's taking a step back. It's been five long years, and it's not going well. Well, it's been five bad years. Elway's been doing it longer than that, but before that it went well. But now looking for some fresh blood and... A new set of eyes on this. I have no idea about anything of General George Payton. 
General George. Listen up. I just know it's spelled almost like Patton. Almost. And there were pictures of him in a one one T short of a perfect match. Aren't we all one T short? If you haven't seen that movie, you got to see it. Do you have low T, DJ? Excuse me. (laughs) I've got a few sponsors that can help you out with that. (laughs) Just heard one of them, didn't I? If you're missing a T. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Nick Saban gets the Paul Bear Bryant Coach of the Year Award for 2020. That's what happens when you go undefeated and win the national title. Uh, He also won the award as head coach at LSU back in 2003. Former Houston Texans and Penn State head coach Bill O'Brien will become the next offensive coordinator for Alabama and Nick Saban. O'Brien will be the seventh offense coordinator that Saban has had in 11 years. You go in there, you shine, you get a big-time job, and Saban goes and gets a new offensive coordinator. It's funny how when we talk about how turnover can really hurt other programs, it doesn't seem to hurt this program. No, it really doesn't, does it? I think it goes to a lot of what Kyle has said. It's not about the plays, it's the players. Texas will hire Alabama assistant and former Rutgers head coach Kyle Flood to become offensive coordinator and own line coach under Steve Sarkeesian. Flood has worked with Sark with the Atlanta Falcons and at Alabama as his O-line coach. Sark says he'll be calling the plays for the Longhorns as well. Well, in his opening press conference, he made that abundantly clear. And he said that he made a mistake when he was at SC that uh, one year when he got there, he let somebody else call the plays and he said he regretted it. And he had other issues that led to his dismissal, obviously, that were uh, very much serious off-the-field stuff. We know all about that, and, and uh, good, good on him getting that stuff taken care of. But he learned from that, and he said that, I'm definitely calling the plays here. They hired me because of my success calling the plays in Alabama, with Alabama, so certainly I should come here. This is one of my, speaking what he was saying, it's literally a quote, this is one of my best traits, I'm not giving it up. So that offensive coordinator job is a you know the, the flood will have some input on probably significant input obviously but I think it's going to be Sarkeesian because he's saying himself he learned from that when he was at SC so he's going to continue doing that and it's probably the right thing. They play nine conference games there. They got three non-conference games. So his big non-conference game next year, early in the year, kind of get a measure on how he's doing will be Arkansas. After that. Uh, they got a home and home with Bama, and they follow that up with uh, Michigan and Ohio State the next four years. So, interesting to see how Sark does taking over Texas, big time program, big time schedule, highest level, all that stuff. We'll see how that shakes out. All right, DJ and PK, that is what is trending with the Urban Meyer Jacksonville final negotiations being the freshest of all that news, right on the cutting edge. It's brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the jazz, will join us at 830. Jerry Brewer, Washington Post sports columnist at 9 o'clock, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With 
Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. When I was a teenager, I used to fumigate farm fields. You didn't do that. <laughs> I did. I swear. Fumigate. I did this. Yeah. No. I had this apparatus that you put on your back, and it sprayed the germicide or whatever it was to protect the crops. I used to have a bandana hanging out the back of my jean pocket. The whole deal. That doesn't make it more believable. Our boy Sven tweets into the show. No one sprays a field of crops with a backpack sprayer. They make tractors it, with giant tanks no, to do that. This was like an enlarged garden area. Okay. Well, it was a this, farm oh, 10 minutes was, ago. Now it's in a large garden area. <laughs> it, was, it was a huge. It's a true story. The Big Show. Weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes Your Toes brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. At Jerry Seiner Cadillac, you can shop your way and get a piece of luxury you deserve. Stop by and test drive one today. All right, it is time for today's question of the day. Does BYU need to pay the going rate for coaches if it wants to play and compete in big-time football? The easy answer is yes, PK. You like to argue with everything. you want to argue with that? Because the answer is yes. Coaches drive this. When you get the right coach and they got the right staff, you can put together a big run. There are plenty of teams that have uh, switched coaches and they got a great brand name, but if you don't have the right coach and if they don't have the right staff, then you don't win, regardless of your brand name. Well, the answer isn't yes, though, and it won't be yes. So that's why it's a far more complex question to answer than simply yes, because they're not going to. That's not something that they're going to do. So then you have to ask yourself, well, what is going? To, what is it going to matter? What's the downside? What's the upside? How do you deal with it? Those types of things, because they've proven. I think you and I were sitting side by side on that Friday night on Bronco Mendenhall's press conference, and when he was announcing he was leaving to go to Virginia. And I asked Tom Homo point blank, did you bother with any counter offer? And they said no. He just one word, no. Uh, so, uh, you know, what is the ramification? It's funny, you know, our website isn't working. I normally pump our website, but it hasn't been working for three or four weeks. So you can't... Uh, I can't post any of what Jake Hatch posts them, posts them for me. Uh, so you can go to KSL and read it. And I was just looking I also at the put comments. It in the newsletter for you, but you know. Okay, you can t- go ahead and say where you can find it on your newsletter. Just search it out. It's on my Twitter feed. It's called Yacht Talk is the newsletter name. Okay. And it's reading some of the comments this morning because you had texted me that we were going to be talking about this yesterday. So mm-hmm. this morning when I got up. Uh, looking through stuff. I feel way more prepared doing the show from home uh, because I have an extra 30 minutes. I still wake up at the same time, but, I mean, I scour everything. So anything that's fresh, I know about it because i got way more time. I don't have to drive in. Uh, but anyway, uh, Kinahan lives in a bubble. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome if it were true. I've, I've been to where you live. It's not a bubble. It's pretty traditional. <laughs> so. It happens to all teams, PK. Give it up. And I get it because it will go after me because I'm the one who wrote it. And it's easy to go after me rather than your heroes, right? I'm a nobody schlub. I'm the dog when you have the bad day. Go ahead. Kick on me. That's fine. I understand. It happens to all teams, PK. Give it up. Okay. In my research for this, because I just don't put things out there, I've got multiple people that I've spoken to on this topic and we can go back and continuing with the theme of 
the coaches uh, when Bronco left to go to Virginia. You know, none of those coaches were guaranteed to be retained. But then they found out that a position coach with a couple of years' experience would go from the low ones to nearly 400000 So somebody making $115,000 a yeah. year could suddenly make Four hundred thousand. Close to it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they made three fifty and four. Okay. Three fifty, three seventy. Who among us Mm -hmm. would not switch employers and do the exact same job? Right. If we were offered triple the money, I don't know. Wherever you're listening, whatever your paycheck is, let that sink in. You're making fifty grand teaching at whatever school, and they offer you a hundred and fifty grand. You have to move across the country. Okay. All right, but just want, I want yeah. to make sure we're clear about that. You're not you're not when, moving to a major metropolitan area. When where, do you want me to be there? Right, you're making seventy five. Okay, now you get two twenty five. I mean, whatever the number is, plug it in, triple it. Uh, where the University of Virginia is is a nice area. I've been nice there. area, yeah. So it's it's not. Well, you got you got to factor in though okay. if you're if it's, you're being offered big money to go to one of the top five or six housing markets in the country, like you can get a big yeah, number. Yeah, yeah. But if you're going to L.A. or San Francisco or New York or Washington D.C., I mean, you're, make, it makes a significant difference. Yeah. yeah, I got you. We all know that. It makes sense, and I think they do have to factor that in too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you get a job at Stanford. Well, oh, oh, oh uh, look out. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you. I hope you enjoy that commute from Bakersfield. Uh, <laughs> Come on, there's so. some nice places in Modesto. You don't have to go all the way to Bakersfield. <laughs> I know. I'm just making a point. Uh, so there's that, and th- those I have. I have literal numbers. They multiple guys gave me little literal numbers on that because I asked them because I saw them that week uh, of the Vegas Bowl. They were there. I was there. Had opportunities to speak to them said goodbye to them before they left, right? And they, they told me. And they go, I remember one guy looking at me. Well, what, what do you expect me to do? I don't know that Kalani hadn't been hired yet. They actually announced it after the game, but it was pretty well assumed that he was going to get the job. So uh, I was like, well, I don't know that Kalani's going to keep me. And so I've got I got I got a guaranteed job, plus I'm going to double, triple my salary, depending on what the situation is or close to it. And I remember one coach looked at me. What do you expect me to do? Well, see you, man. I'm going to miss you. <laughs> so, of course. So there's that. And then I had a somebody uh, that uh, has and uh, had a, a connection to the program and said to me, you know, what we do or what they do based on the pay, quote, it's a miracle. So you could say it happens all to all teams, PK, give it up. It's not me. <laughs> I mean, come after me, but I don't give a crap what they make and what they're paying. It makes no difference in my life. I'm just telling you, and that's what I do. I joke around and screw around a lot. That's what I do. And then when I report stuff, it's just that. It's based on what these folks have told me. It's not my opinion. I couldn't care less about it. I'm just telling, quote, it's a miracle. That's literally a quote on what they do. And so snooping around, and here's where I think that where the issue is, the real issue of the point. Because the easy answer is yes, but it's not going to change. You know, let's. they should play on Sunday. That'll help them get into the Big 12. 
Okay, fine. But they're not going to. So what's the point of discussing that? So we can say they should pay more or they're going because they have paid more. You got to give them credit. They have paid more. You can say they should pay the going rate. Well, not going to. So that's not really the issue. And I was told that their payroll top to bottom is more along the lines of Boise State rather than, and I use Utah as an example in the store. You can go look it up at, at KSL. And please do, because I get a dollar a page view. <laughs> that would be and, awesome. And <laughs> <laughs> You don't, but that would be awesome. You haven't seen my Cadillac that I bought from Jerry Siner. So, I mean, <laughs> nice poll. You would you would be living in a gold plated bubble if you got a dollar per. <laughs> no, I'm not a bit. I'm not a mere, mere uh, materialistic guy. You so you're never going to see show. my house high. I don't I don't live above Foothill or Wasatch Boulevard. Let's just leave it at that. So uh, versus half they the said staff. it's more, versus half the staff. <laughs> the battle. Yeah, well, edge. I don't. I live below it. What can I tell you, man? That's who I am, and I'm perfectly comfortable. That's who I've always been. I'm a janitor's son. Never forget that. So it's more along the lines of Boise, right? Well, look at Boise's model. That's the issue then because they're not going to change the pay structure, right? Grimes, and Grimes, it's it's not really fair to look at Grimes and say, well, they should have retained Grimes. He was going home to Texas, right? And who can blame the guy? He's non-LDS guy. He's been in the community for three years. He came charged to do a job. He did a job. Congratulations, Jeff. Going to miss you. Really liked you as a person. Uh, but you did. You used BYU, and BYU used you all in the right way for what you both wanted. You wanted better offense, and he wanted experience as a coordinator, knowing that he would move on. And he did. So... It worked. You both got exactly what you were looking for when you hired Grimes. And Mateos, and I was told he was brought on. He was like a Texas State, basically it's a grad assistant. And they brought him on to BYU. Relatively speaking, he was making little money. So he's going to make more at Baylor. And another non-LDS guy, so go. So it's not really, you can't really slam them on those. It's just down the line, you know, what happens. Because if they roll out another successful season uh, next year, and the offense looks really, really good, people are going to come calling. And they're going to come calling for LDS guys who have a long-standing background in the community. And then what do those guys do? And you start chipping away at that, and it becomes a little bit of a problem. Certainly, you don't, you don't want – because not only that, you're losing guys that are quality, but then what are you replacing them with? Are you replacing them with the same quality, or you're going to you're going to underpay according to the rate on the next guy because we saw Kalani was certainly hamstrung with a bunch of inexperienced coaches in the beginning and once Taysom and Jamal left they were exposed and you can argue to your blue in the face but they were exposed to the point where I had people texting me during games this is embarrassing looking at a an experienced defensive coordinator do this to an offense, and the offense can't make any adjustments. During games, I had people text me this of guys who knew what they were doing. So back to the Boise thing. Should BYU be following the Boise model in their scheduling? Okay, there's so many questions here. One, so we're not actually going to criticize any of the moves that BYU has made letting coaches go. 
because Bronco had kind of run his course. He didn't believe in independence. Uh, the results weren't getting better. He was saying publicly independence was not sustainable. Maybe he would have felt differently if they had the Boise State model. I wonder if he would have thought independence was sustainable. Or if they would have paid him $3.2 million. (laughs) Or if they'd paid him $3.2 million. Any of that that stuff. I mean, when you say you're going to compete at the highest level, do you really mean that? How am I supposed to take that? Am I supposed to take that like Alabama, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson? Is that how I'm supposed to take it when you say you're going to compete at the highest level? Because the teams that compete at the highest level spend the most money. The, the USA Today compiles a list of all the public schools, so we don't have private school numbers like BYU and Baylor and you know, USC and Stanford and all that. But the public schools, uh, Ohio State's number three, Bama's number seven, Oklahoma's eight. Well, who's in every year? Clemson's the one who's doing it bargain basement. And they have the 22nd most expensive athletic department. And when you use Boise State as a comparison, they're 65th. I don't use it. That's what I was told to use. Okay. So if that's what you should be using to compare BYU, what kind of expectations yeah. do you put on your coaches if you've got the 65th? I mean, you really are competing at a G5 level financially. So when you get a quote like it's a miracle, okay, that quote could be self-serving coming out of a program. But if you're going to be at the Boise State level, and if Boise State is 65th, you are at the Boise State level. Then it's That's a miracle. What you are. Then, it, then it is a miracle if you're expecting to have a team ranked in the top 10 or top 15. The, the teams that we think of as Cinderella's that are uh, turning heads in college football, you know, this past year would be Indiana, right? There's a team that's been down a long time and had a breakout. They're, they're 25th in terms of the money they spend. Boise State's 65th. So if that's the level you're at financially, then judge your coaches in your season that way. Well, I think Boise State knows full well that if their football coach has a good amount of success, he's going to be gone because that's exactly what everything has happened. That's happened every time. Boise State doesn't fire coaches. They just move on. Six in a row now getting power five jobs. Hawkins and what are we hoping Colorado. the religious connection is going to keep Kalani there? Well, is that I think what we're hoping? That's where you got to go to Lavelle Edwards because Lavelle was paid less than the market and stayed. Don't go Lavelle Edwards. You must be going to the 1800s. Now. <laughs> I, Come on. I get it, but he turned down an NFL team. And so. Well, guess, what was the difference? What was the NFL team offering? They weren't offering yeah, to and this it was, degree. And it was a horrible organization, it was the Lions. Which I mean, you're going to go to that every time. That's your go-to example. I don't think it's just my go-to example. Well, whoever goes to it. It's right, I one, think it's BYU's go-to example. One thing 40 years ago. Come on. You can't keep going based on that. And you can look at, well, Kalani has that connection there. Well, Harson had the connection, too. It didn't stop him. And you're in the middle of nowhere in terms of G5, P5. You know, you you have very little access to the top, and so you combine that with being an independent, and you know you can make Phil Steele's all independent team. And what do they have? Thirty-seven guys this year on it. I mean, it's a joke. They used to send out independent player of the week. Remember when we were doing the show? Yep. I mean, they don't do that anymore because it's ridiculous. 
You know, it, it doesn't. It, it has no meaning. No kid. I'm the independent player of the week. It, it, it doesn't mean anything. Whereas if you're the conference player of the week, it means something. And if you make first team all conference, it means something. And if you're contending for a conference title and you actually win it, you are the conference champions. It means something. So here they, I mean, that, that, and they've chosen to do that, and I supported it then, so I can't go back on my word and say, well, they were dumb to do that, because they weren't. It was the right thing to do at the time. But I'm just saying, those things BYU can't sell. So you can sell a big-time schedule, yeah, and they have it. Uh, and then and until this year, by the time you get into October, you've already been saddled with some losses. You've had some great wins, though. They've been thrilling, no doubt about it. I was on the field at Michigan State. I was at the, on the field at Wisconsin, and I was on the field here locally against USC, and boy, they sure whooped it up, as they should have. Those those are all great wins. I don't even care about what the other team is. Those are brand-name teams, and it's up to them to be good, not up to you to beat a great team. You can only beat the team that they put out there on the field, and those were great wins. That Wisconsin win was incredible. Didn't think it was going to happen. Thought it was a waste of money when Scotty told me to go. And sure enough, genius boy called it, and they won. And so, and you uh, got was, the photo, baby. <laughs> <laughs> My camera photo. Yeah. You don't get the photo if you're not there. A picture's worth a thousand words. I know. I saw a little Steve Clark running. It was like in slow mo, one of those commercials, <laughs> or love story on the beach. You know, <laughs> get the chariots of fire music, Yak. We got yeah. a photo. <laughs> I had enough time to pull out the camera because I could see what was going to happen, and I got it right when he le- leaped into. Jeff Grimes' arm, you know, the little mini-me guy, and Jeff Grimes, <laughs> former offensive lineman, is a big guy. Yeah, and so I snapped that thing. The photo heard r- around the world. Yeah, PK, by the way, that photo is so high quality that most people still, I don't believe. Oh, no, no, you assume that's an AP photo. Yeah, you, well, you assume that BYU's <laughs> yeah. own photographer might have Okay, yeah, it. right, yeah. sure. No. But you, you, you were <laughs> masterful with that one. It was me, and my instinct said, oh, this is going to end up uh, being a, an entertaining picture. I mean, I literally took the camera out as Clark was, took the phone out, I should say, hit the photo as Clark was moving towards Grimes. <laughs> <laughs> and I snapped that thing. So, obviously, it was a great, great win, man. I, I don't care. Wisconsin didn't win any games. Now, I think they went 7-5 and five that year. But you go to Wisconsin, that place, uh, that environment in Wisconsin, and I've been to many, 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 many places over these years. And that, I, as far as the town, I don't think that I've seen a town come, as, alive, come alive like that. Yeah, it was unbelievable. My wife went with me that game. We got there way early because we went to the Brewers game the night before. And uh, the next day we drive over there to uh, Madison. And, wow, the whole town, literally the entire community was just lit to the point where we – and it was blazing hot, man. They had record heat. And we couldn't find water. And they have all these places that are just like little set-up barbecue places and whatnot that are just – out on the on the roads and the, and the grass area, and we couldn't find water. Every place had run out of water, but no place had run out of beer, not one. <laughs> so it was just, and everybody was going to the game. So I don't care that Wisconsin only won seven games. They didn't know how many games they're going to win at that time. That was an incredible win. So should they should BYU find a happy medium because Boise's building up these illustrious records not by playing 6 7 P5 programs they're not 
That's not the way they do no, it. They're playing the Mountain West. They're they're playing eight games against the Mountain West, and then they've got uh, one marquee game and maybe a second game that's decent, and maybe not. You know, it depends on the year. You never know how good teams are going to be. Or well, you're hoping you get a co- couple of good teams in your conference, which they right. usually do. Yeah, but they, what they don't get is they don't get on national TV on ESPN or ABC or whatever, three weeks in a row to start the season or four weeks in a row to start the season based on the quality of those opponents. And the question is, does BYU want to be perceived as a really good G5? Because I think worst-case scenario, that's how they're going to be perceived, as a really good G5. Or do they want to be perceived as a Power 5? And everybody's got an idea how much money you're spending, even if they don't know specifically. And there are schools that punch above their weight, but how far do they punch above their weight? You know, why don't the Utes beat Oregon? Well, if you look at their budgets, is it really that surprising? Oregon State's spending 25% more money. Oregon on this list of the public schools is ranked 26th, and the Utes are ranked 41st. Now, you can punch above your weight because the Utes aren't outspending Arizona State, and we don't see USC's numbers, but we assume they're not, not outspending USC. So when you win your division, you're punching above your weight. But once you do that for a while, then the fan base, and maybe the AD and president, you know, depends on the school, uh, or key boosters, they want you to punch even more above your weight. Is that really realistic? Because if you look at the list and you look at who you see on TV winning every week, it's not realistic. Punching a little above your weight is an accomplishment. Now, you get the quote, it's a miracle, and you can argue that BYU is punching a couple levels above their weight. So I think that's why you get the, it's a miracle. But when a fan base eventually doesn't like eight and nine win seasons anymore, a coach like Bronco is like, this isn't sustainable. I can go somewhere and triple my money and not have to overcome all these obstacles. Because the line between money and winning, I mean, it's a Google search, people. Do it on your phone, your laptop, your desktop, your tablet. I don't care. Google it. Look at USA Today and look at, uh, you know, uh, athletic department finances, and, and this list will pop up, and it tells you who's winning. Ohio State's three, Alabama's seven, Oklahoma's eight. Clemson is punching above their weight at 22. So if you're with Boise State at 65, just know you're going to max out on a, on a P5 schedule. You're probably going to max out at eight to nine wins. You're going to win your G5 games. You're going to split your Power 5 games. And to think that you're going to sustain anything more than that, uh, good luck. Stars can align. You can have an NFL quarterback. You can have a big year. Ute fans will now scream, and they didn't play six Power 5s. Look at the Power 5s they would have played this year. I think they would have done very well. Don't know that they would have been undefeated. Can't predict that. But there were a lot of good brand names and Power 5s, but those schools had mediocre to poor seasons. And those are the teams you can beat when you're punching above your weight. When you're competent and you know what you're doing and you're not hamstrung by the dollar and you got really good players at really key positions. Get a quarterback, get a pass rusher. Get a big-time skill player, and away you go. All right, DJ and PK, your feedback. You can hit us up on that. Uh, more to come, DJ and PK. PK, you got one thing you want to tease ahead uh, next that we need to get to? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> what, you want to do college football? Uh, did you want to? Yeah, I thought, back? I thought you had something about the youth you wanted to share. Okay. We'll do yeah. that next. Stay with it. That was, boy, as teases go, that was textbook, wasn't it? All right, DJ PK, stay with us. 
This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. You know I was babysat until 8th grade. Dolores Arnold used to babysit me every day after school. And Dolores? her husband. Yeah. Like he got like 220 pound 8th grade hands. <laughs> Can we not focus on that? You're like, hey Dolores. Hi Hans. I think it's funny the thought of a 8th grade Hans Olsen probably pushing two bills. He's <laughs> sitting in and being babysat. You guys let me know when you're done so I can finish my story. Tell us more about Dolores. Anyways, her husband Don liked MASH. Sitting next to Don on the couch watching MASH. Hey, (laughs) Don, can I borrow your shaver? (laughs) Catch Hans and Scotty every day. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Brought to you in part by The Warehouse. Join the big show Friday from 2 to 6 at The Warehouse at 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake City. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! Come on, PK. <laughs> well, I was just reading a tweet from Dave Christensen, the old cantankerous offensive... Uh, oh, we got a bunch of Utah. drops with him. Those are great. Because he retired. He was the uh, offensive line coach at, at ASU, and he retired. Mm. And so they have an opening... And uh, interesting, they had an opening at uh, tight ends coach, and Herm hired a 25-year-old to be tight ends coach. He hired like a 23-year-old a couple years back to be the defensive coordinator, or defensive back coach, I should say. And it reminds me of the Norm Chow line. Uh, And actually, actually, I've had others tell me this. Yeah, I myself and my coordinators can handle the coaching. I need these other guys to recruit. Yep. And you listen. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I mean, he was a hothead, Dave Christensen. Went, yeah, right, look at me, Mr. F***ing Howdy Doody. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Howdy Doody references are awesome. <laughs> no f- integrity. Stop. Woo! That's his daughter. It's actually his daughter telling him to stop. He got suspended. You got to get your Flyboy. Flyboy is just Troy Calhoun from the Air Force Academy. I don't know that I've never met a nastier coach than Dave Christensen in all these years. Uh, I can just remember, I think you might have been standing next to me, spring practice where everything is loose. They let you practically, you can walk out on the field pretty much, uh, spring ball, and ask him a question, and he just jumped me. And spring ball. And, dude, I'm on your side. I want you guys to win. I'm not the hardcore, i got to take you down I know. journalist that I used to be in my younger days when I was working for – I didn't have the electronic media. I'm not that you know, guy anymore. <laughs> you know, the other thing that I don't know that people understand about this is that largely, not not completely, it's not a perfect thing, but largely newsmakers know when someone walks up to talk to them if they have something to hide and they got to be careful because there's a gotcha moment coming. And they know when someone walks up to you if it's like routine and you're asking about the next game or you know, the, spring ball. The new You're not ask about ball. anything, right? And they, but they, <laughs> but they know that they know when there's stuff happening in the program when it might leak. You know, when there's yeah. drama and there's, you know, if there's a, been a player arrested, they know. If there's a player transferring, they know. If there's a, an allegation of abuse against a coach, you know, and the questions are going to be hard and careers are at stake, they already know before we walk up to them. So. They know on the first day of spring ball, it's just kind of like, all right, which freshman's going to make an impact? I mean, you know what the question Kyle knows what the question is. Kalani knows what the question is. You know, they, yeah. they know. Dave so they, jumped me. He was yeah. an intense dude. I know. But he puts his tweet out. He just put it out. 
Uh, just curious, and he's retired now. Uh, just curious, with so many players coming back, where do all the players in the portal think they're getting scholarships from? Oh, the grass that's, isn't always greener. Oh, my gosh. That is the question. Yeah. The question is where are these guys going to fit in? It feels like musical chairs, and it feels like there's a couple hundred guys who aren't going to fit in. Which relates to the topic. The Utes have now gotten transfer running backs from Oklahoma and LSU. Now, listening to Herm, the reason why he hired a 25-year-old uh, is recruiting. And Herm, uh, he, he's like Kyle. These guys are cut for the same mold. You know, defense wins games, run the ball, that type of stuff. And they're both in their 60s. Uh, Kyle's 61, and, and I think Herm's 66. And Herm, you, you hear him talk now, and he says the job is 85% recruiting. Mm-hmm. He didn't say that when he first got the job. <laughs> and he didn't know the Sun Devil nickname. But now that he's been in the college game, 85% recruiting. So you've got the Utes. They have, obviously, holes. Brumfield's going to Tulane. I don't know where Wilmore's going. The tragic death of J- Ty Jordan, which will never be understandable or manageable, or I guess maybe manageable, baby. But, you know, that's a it, it pales in comparison to losing life. But it, nevertheless, it's also a loss of the football team. Uh, so they've got gaping holes there. So they get running backs from Oklahoma and LSU as grad transfers. And, man, Oklahoma and LSU, that catches your eye. But what does it mean? You know, I hesitate to say that this is what it means because a year ago, none of us knew Ty Jordan was going to run the ball the way he did. So to sit here and tell you this guy is going to be a slam dunk, if they're all that, they would still be at their school and they'd be the starting running back. Sometimes these schools hit on multiple players in the same class at the same position. And running backs aren't quarterbacks, but they're close. You know, it's much easier to be the third wide receiver than it is the third running back. There are still patterns to be run, catches to be made, touchdowns to be scored if you're the third wide receiver. If you're the third running back, you're in trouble. They're not getting out on the field. Yeah, exactly. So well, At least a receiver, you can run around, you can never get the ball, but you feel like you're running around doing something. Yeah, but you might. You know, you They may not throw you the ball a lot, but you, yeah. you can still end up with three catches for 50 yards and open eyes and work your way. But you can't work your way up the depth chart at running back when you can't get on the field. And the guy on the field is carrying the ball. He's like, there may have been good running backs behind Zach Moss, but we'll never know because they only gave the ball to Zach Moss. And before that, you know, they only gave the ball to Booker. Or they only gave the ball, you know, whoever, whichever good running back you want to go right. to. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there, there are spots here where uh, you look at Curry's stats and you think, oh, okay, you know, he, he might have something. He's got three years of eligibility. Was he stuck behind other really good players? You know, he's a Florida kid, for whatever that's worth. They're getting, they're getting more Florida kids. If any well, those of Florida kids, kids, they're great, aren't they? He's an <laughs> well, LSU kid from Florida. Wow, what more do you want? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I can't even guarantee he's going to win the job. You know. So what? He's an, that, well, if you can't guarantee me he can't win the job, that's great news. Because an LSU running back from Florida, if he can't win the job, that means the guy you have is Walter Payton. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good news if you got Walter Payton. Well, that's, that's the way you news. look at it. If you're a fan, if this kid can't win the job, he's a running back from LSU right. who grew up and played high school ball in Florida, well, that means he's really good oh. just by those characters. If I don't even know his name. I don't need to know his name. I don't even know anything about him. If he's a running back from Cal- from Florida who went to LSU and he doesn't win the job, that's great news for the football team. But maybe, uh, maybe T.J. Pledger will win the job. 
Maybe he will. That's what he's, I'm saying. He's the Oklahoma kid. So, so he's got to be better than the running back from Florida went to LSU. That's awesome. <laughs> but you got to be careful on the whole they were recruited by or they were, you know, they were offered by. I, Why I, do you have to be careful about that? <laughs> because it doesn't always pan out. And you get way out over your skis on some of that stuff. Oh, come on. What do you mean? I don't have to be. Forget that, man. Why do I got Why do I got to be careful about that? Well, what rule says that on that? I didn't. I, you just made that up. <laughs> I did not make that up. I got to be careful. No, I don't. I got to be careful crossing the street. TJ Pledger is a kid who grew up in California, went to the IMG Academy in Florida, mm-hmm. and yeah. then went to Oklahoma. So that's a pretty good pedigree, too. It is, but it's not a Florida kid. It's not. And they're running through it. In Florida, when you first go to school at kindergarten, one of the first things they teach you is to run through the A-gap. <laughs> okay. Okay, so we've always said this. Spring football is more entertaining and more interesting when there's a quarterback battle. And now the youth are going to have a quarterback battle and a running back battle. And this, all that stuff's going to be closed and we're not going to be able to see it. Uh, spring ball? Well, uh, usually spring ball is wide open. I know, but in pandemic times, that thing's going to be closed. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Next next week, we're changing. I thought everything was going to be fine. I told you it wasn't. I don't know why well, you don't the, wait, I just went through all this stuff, <laughs> just, and now you're telling me, wait a second here. Spring ball? Breaking Come on. news, PK. <laughs> I don't even know if they're going to have spring ball. And the running back battle, there really isn't a running back battle, even when there is one. Because it's always abundantly clear who should be the guy. You see what I'm saying? There's, it will it, sort itself out when we get to the games. And it becomes so obvious. It did this past year. We thought there was going to be a running back battle, and then we all figured it out very quickly. Well, very rarely do you see somebody come in and just, wow, he's way better than the other guy that I thought was going to be the starter and all that. And I realized Jordan did that this year, but he wasn't on the team before. And it became abundant. My point is, by the end of the first game, it became abundant and clear. We got to give this number twenty-two a bunch of carries. So it became obvious. I think quarterback is a little more nebulous on that. It's a harder to discern. Yes, there's more moving pieces. I agree. You see the running back. You know he either picked up the blitz or he didn't. You see the running back, and you know he either broke that tackle or he didn't. He either ran away from that linebacker, that defensive back, or he got run down by that linebacker right. or defensive back. Right. And it's it, it really is easier. A quarterback, there's more moving parts as far as protection and routes, and especially if you're watching on TV and you can't see who's open downfield. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you're at the game. You can watch for that, and you can see guys guys coming open or guys not getting any separation at all. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jazz fans, Craig Bowlerjack stopping by at 8.30, TV voice of the Jazz. They've got the Hawks coming to town and then a big game at Denver. We'll talk with Bowler next. Stay with us.